Yes, uh, many discussions we uh, see this argument that it's very hard to simulate an individual neuron high, uh, with high accuracy. And then we take uh, the trillions of neurons that we have in the brain, how uh, or um, 86 billion neurons uh, in the neocortex uh, and uh, the uh, cranium, how uh, many computers would it need to, uh, to simulate all these neurons? But uh, these neurons are highly indeterministic. And it's an interesting question to ask yourself, how many uh, neurons or how many brains would you need uh, to run Windows or Mac OS uh, without crashing, right? Because the uh, degree of determinism that you get out of these neurons is very low. And so everything in the brain is constructed based on a best effort principle. Every unit cannot rely on the other units being completely deterministic, but being better than chance. Every part is doing as well as it can, and every uh, part is designed in such a way, or is designing itself in such a way, that it can deal with the fact that the environment is unreliable. And uh, another thing is that the brain is organized in such a way that the uh, individual units, the neurons in them, don't have to learn very much. They mostly converge. So they are finding themselves in an environment where they are prompted uh, by their surrounding uh, tissue uh, with signals uh, that they have to learn a certain function. If they learn that function, this activation function that tells the individual neuron when to fire, they are able to do this job as well as any other neuron. So if an individual neuron dies, it can be replaced by a different neuron that will learn the same function in this environment. It's imagine that you are living in a, or working in a very big corporation and the corporation has get pro good processes for everything. You are still required to do your job well, but uh, you may not have to understand uh, the organization's entirety. Uh, you just have to understand your local environment and in this local environment you have to converge. And uh, if you uh, get ill or if you drop out of the company, you can be replaced by somebody else who is learning that same function. Right? And this is the nature of organizations, that uh, the individual is to some degree replaceable because uh, it is able to, uh, there are differences between the individuals in the same way as there are differences between the individual neurons. But the specific role that is being fulfilled is defined relative to uh, the structure that you're part of, not relative to yourself. And this makes the individual neuron replaceable and even uh, brain regions replaceable because you can just, uh, if you have a brain lesion, uh, put in new neurons in this region and they can try to reconstruct the function that had been uh, done by this group of neurons uh, before this new group came in. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. If there's any scenario like, um, I don't know, I'm curious, deconverging, it doesn't it doesn't go to what we see exactly. Is there any situation, because if it have to be converging to a certain learning behavior, is there any scenario like decentralized that just doesn't have to, I don't know. Oh, it happens a lot. Right, most of the things that psychologists deal with are either uh, problems in brain chemistry uh, or um, in the uh, brain development that cannot really be overcome, like schizophrenia, or they are self-modeling defects, where uh, you are uh, not converging to the global optimum uh, of models, but you are uh, converging to a local optimum. And in this local optimum, you are committed to seeing the world in a particular way, and you don't fail because the world is against you, but you fail because your models of the world are not accurate and you try to make the world conform to your models. And uh, so what the psychologist has to help you with is to adapt by changing your models of who you are and how you relate to reality. And that's very hard because the self that you are uh, using as your uh, giver of perspective 
is, is ruling that universe and it doesn't want to give up, it doesn't want to die, it doesn't want to replace, be replaced by something else. Because if that could happen, it would have already happened. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's very interesting. Uh, maybe a question here. Why do you think we don't understand ourselves? Maybe I don't know if that's really a question, but if we have our brain as a machine and our bodies, and still we don't understand ourselves very well. Do you think this is something question is important for you when you design that model or that? Do you think why human don't understand themselves? I think that's something also hard for us as a human. Sometimes it's been many years and we don't understand how actually we work or how we behave or I don't know if that's something interesting for you. Or not. It is very much, uh, but it's an ongoing process. When you are an infant, uh, the uh, pleasure and pain fill your entire perception, right? The world is either full of pain or full of pleasure. There is no anticipation of the change. You can see that it's absolute when you look at this, a small baby. And at some point, the baby learns that pleasure and pain alternate and that the pain will pass and the pleasure will come again. And uh, the baby can be content and can wait even if something hurts a little bit. Right. And uh, at some point it realizes that pleasure and pain are attached to objects and that they relate to these objects and certain objects are to be sought out and others are to be avoided. And then later we realize that pleasure and pain are aspects of our reaction to objects. They're not at the objects themselves, but uh, we can choose to some degree how we react and we can create situations that will contain pleasure and pain for us. And we can modify the interpretation of these situations in our own mind. So, for instance, at some point I saw my a three-year-old daughter uh, sitting in her corner and alternately uh, crying out in terror and in pleasure and in delight. And I was asking her what she was doing and she was uh, imagining the best movies from her, uh, scenes from her favorite movies and the most horrible things that she could imagine in alter, uh, alternation to uh, increase this maximum of uh, the delta of the experience. And it was a way in which she was starting to understand how her own experience worked. Right? It was a series of experiments that she conducted on her own mind to learn something about how she operates. And uh, at some uh, point, we realize how we construct ourselves, and uh, this, uh, that this self is a representation. And this uh, is typically called uh, enlightenment, that, uh, this notion that you realize that everything is representational. And you realize this at an operational level, which means you can disengage from uh, the... The reflexive interpretation of reality from these reflexive instincts which tell you which is good or bad and you realize that uh, your um, aesthetic reactions to the world and your pleasure and displeasure is is only a representation inside of the mind that can be changed and uh, the deeper you go into this the more you understand yourself only it's nothing that you can expect to master as a child or as an adolescent it's a process that typically takes many decades of observation and learning and so I, I suspect that for the first 400 years, we are still children.